The Bearcats game tomorrow at UCF, to me, comes down to one thing. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yep, it's Friday. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Follow us, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. I'm Alex Frank, your host each and every day. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKDOWN and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. All right, so... To me, this game tomorrow comes down to one thing, culture. And culture is maybe an overused word, but yet it is indispensably valuable to any successful program, business, organization. Spencer Tuckerman from the Media Relations Department wrote, Something wrote a piece on GoBearcats.com after Luke Fickle won his 54th game, all-time winningest, winningest head coach in Bearcats football history. And it can be attributed to a lot of different things. It can be attributed to recruiting. It can be attributed to um, their style of play. To me, it's about culture. And I'm going to take you back. And this, is, and this ties in with something Luke Fickle said earlier this week at his press conference. It's something that Spencer Tuckerman wrote about. Think about the great wins of the the Luke Fickle era, right? Notre Dame, conference championship wins, uh, UCF in 2019, UCLA, UConn in 2017. Spencer mentioned this. And that game, I don't think a lot of us at the time thought of it as much of anything. What it was, was a win in the last game of the regular season against a lowly UConn team. Bearcats finished the season 4-8. and eight. They go into the offseason with a win, which is a heck of a lot better than going into the offseason with a loss. And I remember a few days later, Luke Fickle wrote a letter to the entire University of Cincinnati promising that that he would do everything he could and they were and the program was going to do everything it could to put a championship caliber product on the field by next year. And that was ambitious at the time. You know what happened the next year? The Bearcats came within one game of playing for a conference championship in year 2 under Luke Fickle. Think about that for a minute. That's culture. And by the way, what did that win over UConn start? A home game winning streak that has not, well, that's obvious, a 30-game home winning streak. That win over UConn started a streak that the Bearcats have won 30 straight games at home. That's culture. Defending your home turf, home field advantage, playing with pride, playing for your university, playing for your community, playing for your city. That's culture, okay? Now let's go to something else. So if you remember 2017, and it feels like a lifetime ago, the Bearcats played Central Florida in October. Home game, 
UCF wins 51-23. Asterisk game was called after three quarters due to rain. If that game had not been called due to rain, UCF would have run up, run up 70 points. I guarantee you it. That offense was lethal. That offense was Mackenzie Milton, um, Traquan Smith. I believe Traquan Smith was on that team. It was an incredibly um, – Scott Frost, head coach, an incredible offense. That, I mean, their tempo – I mean, Memphis scored 55 against them in the conference championship game. And that wasn't even enough because UCF scored 62. But Luke Fickle said at his press conference Tuesday that that game has not left him since for two reasons. One, it got called due to rain, so the game didn't finish. And two, UCF blew the Bearcats out. UCF, if you remember that game, UCF scored on the first play, and it was over from there. Try as the Bearcats might, that game was never going to be close. That game was never going to be close. Central Florida was so much better than Cincinnati. But that game has never left Luke Fickle's mind. And haven't you noticed that every game against UCF since then has meant something? Haven't you noticed that every game against UCF since 2018 has had some significance? 2018, college game day was there. Eastern Division title was on the line. 2019, Friday night, ESPN. Um, Midnight Madness was that night. One of the best games I ever commentated as a member of BearCast Media. Zach Fries and I were on the call. And the big story going into that game was could the BearCats unseat the reigning two-time conference champions, a team that had won 19 consecutive conference games. And ever since that night, when UC beat Central Florida, and everybody and you all know the one play that changed the course of the game, changed the course of the two teams' trajectories over the last three seasons, and forever cemented the University of Cincinnati as the top dog in the American, and it propelled an unknown cornerback from Detroit, Michigan, to the number four overall pick in the NFL draft this past April. And ever since that night, Cincinnati has been the top dog in the conference. I get it they didn't win the conference championship that year. Memphis winning the conference championship can be viewed as a blip because since 2017, four of the last five conference championships have been won by either UCF or Cincinnati, with Cincinnati winning the last two. UCF's 19-game conference winning streak came to an end that night. Cincinnati has won 19 straight conference games since losing to Memphis in the conference championship. And don't think that loss, Luke Fickle forgets. He doesn't. I guarantee you he doesn't. So, here's another thing about culture, right? Central Florida is coming off an embarrassing loss to ECU. Let's call it what it is. A team, so here's the funny thing about that. So, UCF loses 34-13. In their previous two games, they outscored their opponents. Ready for this? 111-32, to including a 70-point outburst on national television against Temple. 70-13. to They score 70 and only give up 13. And then they turn around the next week. And by the way, they had two extra days off. Turn around and lose 34-13. to And here's where culture comes into play, right? 
Cincinnati last year went down to East Carolina in the epitome of a trap game and won 35-13. UCF, the week before they play Cincinnati, in what is going to be their biggest game of the season, they lose by 21 points at East Carolina. And East Carolina is probably going to finish middle of the pack. And as I'm reading what Gus Malzahn, their head coach, and Gus Malzahn's a veteran head coach. He's been around this game a long time. So as I'm reading the recap of the game against ECU, Gus Malzahn says the following. Give East Carolina the credit. They got after us and beat us in all three phases of the game. What stood out to me was that they controlled the tempo and time of possession. We couldn't get off the field. And as I'm reading that, I say to myself, aren't you going to the Big 12 next year too? Like, here's the, that's the funny thing is, like, Cincinnati and Central Florida are both going to the Big 12 next year. And yet UCF loses to a mediocre American Athletic Conference team by 21 points. What does that say about the culture of their program? What does that say about it? UCF, three years ago, was the best group of five team in the country. Cincinnati was trying to become what UCF was. Mo Egger said it best after 2018. Bearcats go down to Orlando, lose 38-13. to 13. And Mel Wagner said, UCF is who Cincinnati must become. And ever since then, they have. Cincinnati, though, and this, is a, this, this game is a matchup to me of culture clashes. Right? UCF has a good culture. A good culture, right? They recruit well. They have a great fan base. They're going to the Big 12. They have a veteran head coach, you know, you, you, you see um, the style of play in which they play with. They want to get after it. They have, they have pride. But then you see Cincinnati's. And Cincinnati's is sustainable, right? UCF three years ago was the team who won in Alabama. Whenever you, whenever you saw UCF on TV, it was, we won Bama and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, hey, we're worthy. We're national champions, 2017. Well, Cincinnati ultimately got Alabama. So not only does that tell you, okay, Cincinnati sustained its culture long enough. They recruited. They won a lot of games. They scheduled tough. UCF didn't schedule tough. They made the toughest team they played. Stanford? Okay, honey. That, no. No. Stanford? This is not Stanford with Andrew Luck or Stanford with Christian McCaffrey. That's not the Stanford UCF played. Okay. And let's be honest. They beat Auburn in the Peach Bowl. I'll give them that win. That wasn't a great Auburn team. It was a good Auburn team. Cincinnati has played Ohio State. UCF didn't even touch Ohio State. And by the way, the same years UCF wanted to get in the playoff, they were never going to get in. If Ohio State didn't get in, UCF was not going to get in. Let's be honest. Okay, Cincinnati played Ohio State. They played UCLA, which, okay, fine. UCLA is mediocre. They're not now. They were mediocre at the time. They played Georgia in Atlanta and nearly beat them and should have. They played Indiana, Notre Dame, Indiana twice for that matter, Arkansas on the road. Did UCF ever schedule a game at an SEC opponent? No. The Bearcats have not been afraid to shoot for the moon. And you know what? They did. Because they ultimately went to the playoff, and UCF did not. And that adds a little bit to the rivalry. Not a little bit, a lot. But it also, it also very much explains the culture differences between 
these two teams. UCF has a good culture, right? They've had some good teams ever since their, their peak. They haven't gotten back, but they haven't completely fallen off the face of the earth. In fact, after they, be, after they lost to Cincinnati last year, 56-21, to 21, they finished the season strong. Like, you look at what they did last year. After they lost to Cincinnati, they finished 9-4. and four. That was a team that came in 3-2. and two. They were 3-3. Three and three. They went 5-1 and one the rest of the way. Their only loss at SMU was a bad loss. And then they beat Florida in the Gasparilla Bowl. So they had a really strong finish to the season. And they're having a good season this year. They're 5-2. and two. I'm just saying, if you're going to the Big 12 and you want to be on the level where Cincinnati's at, don't lose to East Carolina on the road by 21 in the trap game. The Bearcats don't believe in trap games, right? They win the trap games. UCF losing by 21 on the road to ECU, I'm sorry. That's not, that, no. That tells you their culture is not where the Bearcats are at, right? The Bearcats have a culture where, and Desmond Ritter said this best, if you watch the video where a bunch of former players and coaches congratulate Luke Fickle on becoming the all-time winningest head coach in Bearcats football history, Luke Fickle said, that, uh, Desmond Ritter rather said this, that it's not easy to win in college football. It is not easy to win in college football. So the fact that Cincinnati has won 50 games in the last four-plus years is, yes, attributed, attributable to a lot of different things. You know what else it's attributed to? Culture. It's culture. And you look at some of the and you look at some of the games that the Bearcats have played recently, and I know they haven't been pretty wins, but that's not something new for this program. 2019, they barely escaped Tulsa, ECU, and USF. This year, they barely escaped Tulsa, USF, and SMU. It's been going on for a lot of different years, for a lot of years now. But you know what prevails in those games? Culture. Winning plays. Winning plays. When you win. 50 games in a span of four-plus years. That's culture. And UCF, by the way, in the last five years, has had two head coaching changes. How many head coaching changes have the Bearcats had? None. The culture of the Cincinnati Bearcats was planted in 2017. Maybe more so because of what they didn't accomplish. But you know what? It, you know, everything they went through that year. And ever since then, they've won 10, 11, 9 in a shortened season, and 13. And they very well could win 10 again this year. So we're going to see tomorrow which te- if the Bearcats winning culture, it's not going to be ruined if they don't win. But you're putting it on the line, right? You're going into the bounce house. Hostile environment. UCF is going to want to beat Cincinnati by 40. Because the Bearcats got what UCF wanted years ago. Not only did the Bearcats become who UCF was a few years ago, they topped it. UCF now has an opportunity to get it back. Last time these two teams will ever meet is American Athletic Conference foes. This year, or next year, they'll be Big 12 foes. And UCF can hold it over their heads. The Bearcats tomorrow can set the record for consecutive conference wins with 20. They can forever cement their legacy as the best team in American Athletic Conference history. 
That's culture. And they're putting it on the line tomorrow. That's how I look at this game. Right? Hostile environment, one of the top offensive attacks in the country. Can you, if you're Cincinnati, can you go down, be the more disciplined team, be the better prepared team, and just show the better culture? Two years ago, they did. And I'm going to explain to you why one thing that I, that I remember vividly from that game is a key to tomorrow's game. Plus, something UCF does very well that the Bearcats do not, but is going to be vital to the Bearcats winning this game tomorrow. I'll get into all of that after a word from Underdog. This episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to sign up for the Spice Up College football season. Um, so it's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. For example, last week in the Syracuse-Clemson game, I took Sean Tucker, lower than 93.5 rushing yards. Clemson was a hard team to run against, and I took uh, Oronde Gadsden the, the second higher than 66.5 receiving yards in that game. In Ohio State-Iowa, I took C.J. Stroud, lower than 300.5 passing yards. Really high number, but the Hawkeyes only came in over giving up 154 passing yards per game. So sign up with the underdog with promo code locked on one word locked on and underdog will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars deposit one hundred dollars get one hundred dollars free go to underdogfantasy.com or find the underdog fantasy app in the app store google play store that's underdog fantasy promo code locked on get in on the college football pick'em action today Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, hosted by Peter Bukowski. All right, so the Bearcats in UCF tomorrow to take on the Knights 330 kick on ESPN. Same commentating crew as last week, Mark Jones, uh, Robert Griffin III, Quinn Kessenick. Dan Hoare, Jim Kelly Jr., Mo Egger on 700 WLW. Their coverage starts at 3 with the RNL Carriers pregame show. All right, so this game to me, and by the way, UCF is a dang good team. When you look at some of their statistics, they are sixth in the country in total offense, averaging 511 yards per game. The teams who are ahead of them, ready for this? Oregon, Ohio State, TCU, Georgia, Tennessee. All teams in the top 10, all right? We take a look at rushing yards per game. That's what UCF does best. You think they do? You think they are a good passing team, and that's it. That's not the truth. They are an incredible run team. They average 242.4 yards a game. That's also sixth in the country. Who's that behind? Oregon, Navy, Ole Miss, Army, and Air Force. See what I'm getting at here? That's the three service academy teams plus we know Oregon's good at running the football. They've been good at running the football since Blackberries were a thing. And Ole Miss, or I should say Blackberries were the big thing. And Ole Miss, who runs like crazy at 252 yards a game. So 
The Bearcats do have their work cut up for them. So my first key to the game, you got to stop the run. This UCF team will run, right? John Reese Plumley is what Desmond Ritter was for Cincinnati. So far this season, um, John Reese Plumley threw seven games, second in the second on the team, or rather, no, leads the team in rushing yards, 468 yards on the season, averages 5.4 yards a carry, seven rushing touchdowns. To me, though, you got to stop Isaiah Bowser. Um, former Sydney, Ohio running back. I know Austin Elmore, my former colleague, uh, big fan of his. Um, Austin went to Sydney. Bowser's averaging or has 315 yards rushing on the season. Modest three and a half yards a carry. Not anything great, but he does have nine rushing touchdowns. John Reese Plumley through the air, completing 63.7% of his passes, 1,516 yards, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. So he does not turn the ball over very often. And he averages 252.7 yards per game. So he's averaging over 300 yards a game of offense. That's a lot. That's what Desmond Ritter did at the peak of his career. Right? UCF now has that quarterback once again. It's amazing how they've gone from Mackenzie Milton to Dylan Gabriel to John Reese Plumley, another great quarterback to come through the program for the UCF Knights. So that's the first key to the game. You can't let their run game open up their passing game. It will. Know why? Because UCF is very balanced offensively. They rush for 261.2 yards a game. They throw for 264. They are an incredibly dynamic offense. Receiving-wise for UCF, in case you're wondering, um, their top two are really good. Ryan O'Keefe, 28 catches, 364 yards, four touchdowns. Javon Baker, who averages nearly, this is not the right, um, those are not the right stats, Um, but Ryan O'Keefe and Javon Baker are the two best receivers on the team, and it's not even close. Ryan O'Keefe averages or has 32 catches, 392 yards, and four touchdowns. By the way, those stats were totally incorrect. I'm sorry. John Reese Plumley has six interceptions on the season. So he does, okay, three interceptions last week. Now, that might be just a fluke. That might be a blip. I don't know. But UC is very opportunistic at turning the ball and forcing turnovers. We saw that last week with Arquan Bush. We saw that against Tulsa, against Indiana, against Kennesaw State. They like to force turnovers. Um, and by the way, Reese Plumley now through seven games is averaging uh, five yards a carry, 506 yards on the ground, and 30 and seven touchdowns, averaging 72.3 per game. So he's still averaging over 300 yards a game. Ryan O'Keefe averaging over 12 yards a catch. Javon Baker averaging nearly 16 yards a catch. So very similar offense to what we're used to seeing from Central Florida. Like they're going to spread you out. They're going to run the football. They're going to throw the ball down the field. They're going to go up tempo. They're going to keep you on your heels. But you have to be able to stop the run. That's something Cincinnati did a very good job at in 2019, right? If you remember 2019, and UCF came into that game averaging like 300 yards rushing. I mean, it was ridiculous. Their offense was otherworldly. But that game in 2019, Cincinnati's run defense in that game spectacular. We look at the box score from that game, one of my favorite games I've ever been a part of. The Bearcats held UCF to three yards a carry. 42 attempts, 126 yards. Cincinnati in that game averaged 4.7. 
Now, the first downs, heavily in UCF's favor. Passing yards, heavily in UCF's favor. Total yards, not much of a difference. 423 to 341. But UCF had a punt six times. Time of possession, Bearcats held it for 3152. UCF 2808. And UCF had 17 third down attempts. They only converted six. Very simple. To me, it's very simple. Right? If you are able to stop the run and make UCF one-dimensional, now they will test a, a new look secondary because Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant had unbelievable games against UCF. And the secondary of the last three years had unbelievable games against UCF. Sauce Gardner in 2019 changed the game. Derek Forrest with a marquee interception early in the fourth quarter in 2020. And then last year, Kobe Bryant with a pick six in the third quarter to essentially ice the game, even though it was already over. Who's, it, who's, it, who's the hero going to be on defense this year? That's a question I have, right? The last three years, it's been Sauce Gardner, Derek Forrest, and Kobe Bryant. Who's it going to be this year? That's what I'm interested in finding out tomorrow. All right, second key to the game, red zone efficiency. So we know the Bearcats struggled in the red zone last week. Last week, Cincinnati, um, just for the record, a lot of drives stalled. Ryan Coe forced to kick six field goals, made five, which is great. But you shouldn't have to be in that position in the first place. So last week, Cincinnati in the red zone was, if I can pull up the stats, Last week, Cincinnati in the red zone was four of four. That can't be right. There's no way. Were they really four of four? I guess scoring. So four red zone trips, only one resulted in a touchdown. That's how you read that. Four red zone trips, one touchdown. Not going to cut it against UCF. Why? Because UCF has been, their red zone defense, 26 possessions, seven touchdowns. Right, that's not even thirty percent. I think if my UC math is is uh, working for me right now, the Bearcat, the, the the UCF defense has allowed seven red zone touchdowns in twenty six red zone possessions. If you're Cincinnati, field goals aren't going to cut it. Now I say that, and they made three field, and they had to kick three field goals in twenty twenty in Orlando. They won that game by three points. But let's be honest, that offense was a lot better than this year's offense. This year's offense, I'm not sure if they can compete in the shootout. UCF averages over 40 points a game. Now, Cincinnati is still scoring um, around 40 points a game. In fact, um, for the record, Cincinnati right now is averaging, let's see, the Bearcats are averaging um, 30, uh, uh, geez, 36.9 points a game. So they're still scoring high clip. But UCF is 37.3. Right? So the Bearcats are 24th in scoring offense. UCF is 19th. Rushing offense, UCF is 6th. Bearcats are 61st. Passing offense, very similar. 41st for Cincinnati, 39th for UCF. Defensively, UCF is really good. Passing efficiency defensively, they're 20th. Bearcats are 14th. UCF is also 15th in the country in scoring defense, even though Cincinnati has scored 36 and 56 in their previous two games. So, stopping the run, um, red zone efficiency, all vital, vital keys to the game. Now, 
Third key to the game for me, down in distance, right? UCF allows opponents to convert under 35% on third down. Under 35%. Um, let me see. The exact numbers for UCF third down, 34%. If you're Cincinnati and you went 10 of 22 last week, and you know you struggled on third and short and fourth and short, but you can't get yourself into where it's third and seven or second and nine. Your first and second down plays are vital. That's where play calling comes into play. You want to run the football fine, even though UCF's run defense is very good. But just pick up those five yards on first down. Pick up six yards. Make it second and four. Make the defense not know what you're going to do. Right? You cannot get into a long-distance situations against Central Florida. That's not going to cut it. If you do that, you're not going to. That's not going to be a successful day offensively, right? You're already going up against a beast, and even in years when Cincinnati was really good, you knew the big challenge was going to be able to slow down UCF's offense, right? 2020, I believe UCF came into that game averaging like 600 yards, 650 yards a game. That was the game in 2020. I think UCF, I think Cincinnati held them like 350 or something. One of the most incredible performances by Marcus Freeman and his defense in program history. Um, UCF came into, the, it might not have been 650, but I feel like it was, it was a high, high number offensively. Cincinnati held UCF in that game to 23 first downs and 359 total yards of offense. And by the way, they only had 116 yards rushing. UCF had 243 passing yards through the air. Um, Dylan Gabriel was 26 of 49 for 243. Desmond Ritter, 21 of 32 for 338 and two touchdowns. No picks. Clearly, the better quarterback was on Cincinnati's side. The better quarterback in this game is probably on UCF's side. But when you're facing a beast offensively, you have to perform offensively as well, right? You can't do what you did in 2018 where you're trying to methodically move the ball down the field. You're, not, you're, you're playing it safe. You're trying not to lose. Well, that's not going to get it done. Because every time the Bearcats didn't score in that game in 2018, UCF, one play, boom, end zone. That game was over by halftime. You may not have felt like it was, it was. And ever since then, the Bearcats have won three straight games. Why? Because they've been the more aggressive team. They've been the better team, too. Show that tomorrow. Because the culture between these two teams, Cincinnati's got it won heavily. But you lose to a team that, quite honestly, you should beat. Considering your pedigree has been much higher than theirs. Right? You go in tomorrow and you beat UCF. Scrape them off the plate. And that, and to me, I'm not buying into that the two-lane game is the biggest game of the season. I'm not going to do that. Because I, I know two-lane success is not sustainable. I don't think it is. Now, if it is, I'll tip my cap. Right? To me, though, it's UCF. Because they've been around long enough. They're a consistently good program. They're not a great program, I don't think. Win tomorrow. Go in there. Put a stamp on, the, on your culture. Put a stamp on your time in the American as the best team, and you di- and you paid your dues to get to the Power Five. Big 12 teams will respect. You go in there and beat an inferior team. I'm not saying UCF is an inferior team. In terms of record, they are. And quite frankly, 
The Bearcats should win this game, right? This is the game we talked about at the start of the season. You could lose this game. Cincinnati under Luke Fickle on the road, 20 and 10. Culture wins games on the road. So that's why the Bearcats need to go in there tomorrow and just take care of business. Scrape UCF off the plate. Get to 4-0 in the conference. Get to 7-1. Three of your last four games at home, you're sitting in great shape. With a team that, yes, we know is not as talented as last year's team. We know that. You go in there tomorrow with more discipline, the better preparation, and the better culture. I guarantee you, you're going to be flying home tomorrow night at 8 o'clock or or 9 o'clock, whatever. You're going to be flying home feeling really good about where you are. And we're going to feel really good about this Bearcats team. All right, up next, my players to watch, including two who were huge factors in the game in 2020 down in Orlando. We'll get into that after a word from two of our sponsors. So if you remember the game in 2020 between the Bearcats and Central Florida, I remember it vividly because there was a oh yikes moment at the end of the game. The Bearcats were snapping the ball back in shotgun. Why in shotgun? I don't know. And the ball went over Desmond Ritter's head. If UCF picks that up and runs it back, Bearcats lose that game, and they probably don't even go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Desmond Ritter, thankfully, falls on the ball. Bearcats win the game. But if you remember that game, too, Cincinnati trailed in the fourth quarter. And they trailed 14-3. to They were not playing well. But then, guess who turned the game around? Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor. Those two guys in that game combined for 11 catches for 155 yards. Am I right on that? No, 57, sorry, 157. And a touchdown each. So to me, tomorrow, when you're on the road and if Tyler Scott's not able to go, how are you going to win against Central Florida? You're going to use your tight ends. And by the way, that game, it wasn't like they were running seam routes. They were simple five-yard crossing routes, passes out into the flat, you know, little wheel routes, and they just had yards after the catch. That's what enabled Wiley and Taylor to have the success they had, right? But the fact that the Bearcats just used those simple underneath routes, RPOs, you know, the touchdown to Leonard Taylor, you know, Ritter rolling out to his left, getting Taylor out in space, that's how you're going to have to do it. If you make UCF defend the whole field, you're going to have success offensively. So to me, those are the two guys that I have my eyes on offensively for Cincinnati, Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor. They've been quiet this season. They can't be tomorrow against Central Florida. Last year, the Bearcats were able to ground and pound their way. Jerome Ford had a buck 89 and four touchdowns on the ground. That's not going to work this year because UCF's run defense is incredibly better. They hold opponents to 124 rushing yards a game, right? And Charles McClellan has almost 400 combined rushing yards in his last two games. He might struggle tomorrow. So what are you going to do to pick up those easy yards? Get yourself in a third and manageable. Use your tight ends. Call some RPOs. Now, the problem is Ben Bryant's not the most mobile quarterback. But you know what? Maybe that's where Evan Prater comes into play. Maybe the Bearcats are going to have a package of plays for him. They should. We'll find out. Um, For UCF, I've mentioned them. John Reese Plumley, Isaiah Bowser. Defensively, um, (coughs) it's uh, linebacker Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, who I I feel like he's been there for 20 years. Um, 
Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste is right now um, four and a half tackles for loss, one sack, um, two pass breakups, fumble forced. Tremont Morris Brash, defensive end, nine tackles for loss, four sacks, three pass breakups, five quarterback hits, two fumble recoveries, forced fumble. Jason Johnson's their leading tackler, 65. Next closest, John Baptiste with 33. They have one dominant tackler, very similar to Richie Grant in 2019 and all the years he was with Cincinnati, he was with UCF. But to me, it's up front. Your linebackers, your front seven. And that's where I think this game will be decided is in the trenches, right? UCF's offensive line, and very similar to Cincinnati. These two teams are similar in that their, their lines are not group of five average. They're very, very above average. Right? That's what enables UCF to run the football so well. That's what enables Cincinnati to run the football and stop the run. So both teams, offensive and defensive lines, watch out for that. Can the Bearcats run the ball against a very good UCF run defense? Can the Bearcats stop UCF's ground attack? Can the Bearcats stop John Reese Plumley? Contain him in the pocket. That's where this game comes down to, to me. All right. So here we go. Score prediction. You know, um, realistically, I think UCF wins this game. But the more I think about it, the more I think about it, this to me is about culture. And remember last year when the Bearcats kind of trudged their way through Navy, Tulane, Tulsa, and South Florida? And you wondered how they were going to look against SMU, and then boom, they run up 48 points. It's 27-0, and the game is over before you can blink. My hope is that's the case tomorrow. Now, that game last year, you had Desmond Ritter, you had Alec Pierce, you had Jerome Ford. You had a lot of players who, in big games, you could rely on. I don't know who they have this year. So... I think the Bearcats' culture is going to be on display tomorrow. But having said that, I think UCF wins. Realistically, I think UCF wins this game. It's at home. It's their homecoming. It's a game they've been waiting to play for a long time, right? Remember, 2020, it was a reduced crowd due to COVID. They haven't had a full house against Cincinnati since 2019 or 2018. Three straight losses to Cincinnati, and they know that Cincinnati doesn't have several of its key players. I'm the biggest Bearcats fan you'll ever meet. But you know what I'm also? I'm also realistic. I call it how it is. I think UCF is winning this game tomorrow. I really do. If I'm wrong, hey, I've been wrong before. But I think Central Florida pulls this one out tomorrow, 31-28. to 28. I just... I think Cincinnati is going to give them a heck of a fight. But in the end, I think UCF wins. I really do. So 3.30 kick tomorrow. That means our recap show will be up by 10 o'clock tomorrow night. Should be a great, great game tomorrow down in Orlando. The Bearcats and the Knights final time meeting as members of the American. And this may be the first of two meetings between these two teams this season in the American Athletic Conference. These two teams could very well play again for a conference championship late in the season. So, that is that. Um, 
wherever you're watching the game tomorrow, please stay safe, stay healthy, whether that's on Short Vine, whether that's in your house, whether it's at a, a, the Holy Grail. Please stay safe, stay healthy, so you can keep making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every, every day. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Lockdown Bearcats is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. For your second listen today, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast from the games that matter, like tomorrow's game against Central Florida, the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports Today, hosted by Peter Bukowski, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, for Lockdown Bearcats, my name is Alex Frank. Follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Bearcats and UCF tomorrow. It's going to be a great, great week. You got that game tomorrow. You got the Bengals and Browns Monday night football on Monday night in Cleveland. I'm going to pick the Bengals in that game. I do think it's going to be a close game. I'll say 28-21. But the Bengals, <coughs> with their culture right now, and the way they're playing, and the Browns slipping, I just see the Bengals just scraping Cleveland off the plate. Back to back on Monday, or rather back tomorrow with the recap show, and then on Tuesday, more on this game Next Wednesday is our film review. Next Thursday, Russ will be back with me to look back on this game, look ahead to next week's game against the Navy Midshipmen. And then Friday, we'll do a game preview all over again. So uh, thanks for staying with us, Lockdown Bearcats. Your first listen of every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to follow us and subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the game tomorrow, and I'll be right back after the game to talk to you about the Bearcats and UCF. Until then, have a great rest of your day and have a great weekend and enjoy the game tomorrow. Go Bearcats!